previewing every game of the English Premier League. Please gamble responsibly. This is the Clubhouse Premier League betting preview with Sportsbet.io. Hello, everybody. Welcome along. It is another betting preview. Looking ahead to the week's fixtures, we've got nine games across three days. Newcastle against Everton, West Ham against Watford, Burnley against Manchester United on Tuesday. On Wednesday, four matches. Man City against Brentford, Norwich against Crystal Palace, Spurs against Southampton, Aston Villa against Leeds. And then on Thursday, two matches. Liverpool against Leicester and Wolverhampton Wanderers taking on Arsenal. I'm James Butler in for Dave Eason, who's swanning it off at the Winter Olympics. And I'm joined by Neil Meller, former Liverpool player, and Dave Tyndall, broadcaster and betting guru. Gentlemen, how are you? James, Dave, hello. Hello, good, thanks. Plenty to look forward to. It seems like ages, Neil, since we've actually had Premier League football, isn't it? Yes, yeah, it's a bit, a bit of a strange time, isn't it? This uh, winter break, which they wanted to introduce. Of course, we've had cup football, <coughs> sorry, this uh, January. But it's given us a chance without the Premier League uh, football to watch Football League, but also to watch some of the African Na- Cup of Nations, which has um, certainly been dominating the screens, building up to a massive climax for the Marne v Salah final. Dave Tyndall, you're going to get your manager, both of you two are Liverpool guys. You're going to get Jurgen Klopp moaning about the fixture pile up. And we've had almost two weeks off. Why have we not been playing games in these weeks? Some of our players have been in the African nations, lots of games. So we've got to give them quite happy that that's taken place. Yeah, I don't know. It's um, th- There's not that many days off, are there? And somebody like Burnley, they'll have to play about three times a week, won't they, to catch up? They will. And it's going to be tough for them, isn't it? It's going to be tough for a few of these teams. They'll all be moaning in a few weeks' time about how many games they're having to play. Let's get into Tuesday evening's action, though. Let's start off with Newcastle against Everton. Newcastle, under new stewardship, obviously, under new ownership, obviously. They are 2.54 to win this one, 3.4 the tie. Everton, under new management, 2.8 in this one, Neil. Your mate, Rafa, paid the price in the end and uh, has left Everton. Frank Lampard's come in to uh, take over there. A few new signings as well. How do you rate their chances? Yeah, I'm still waiting to have a coffee with Rafa. The list of um, Liverpool fans, ex-players, is is very long wanting to thank him for the job he did at Everton but yeah it is Frank Lampard who is in charge for his, his first game at Newcastle I think we're talking about there aren't we about not having football and it's the same for the fans you know the Newcastle fans will have been building the excitement of the new signings arriving the fact that they, they haven't played for a couple of weeks and really believing that they can stay up they can be the side to, to get out of it and the new players can can have that influence I mean you're looking at this one and you're thinking if you're Frank Lampard you don't really want to be playing Newcastle because of the fans and the new signings being there I think they've had a huge lift I think they went to Saudi Arabia as well as a team we've seen a lot of players going off on their own individual things I think Newcastle did a real team bonding thing there so it'd be interesting to see how they how they come back to that one when I'm looking at how they've coped at home only one defeat in six that was to Man City I think many teams would would um, would accept that one don't do clean sheets neither do Everton so uh, I'm expecting a good game and goals in this one both teams to score definitely on the radar then as far as you're concerned Neil DT two home draws for Newcastle Drew one all against Manchester United, drew one all against Watford. There does seem to be, though, a, a little bit of a feel-good factor about uh, the Toon Army at the moment. They've made some, I think, quite decent signings in the transfer window and surely the only way is up for them. Yeah, you'd think so. You'd think that they've now armed themselves with enough decent players to... You know, they don't have to go crazy to pull away from the relegation zone, do they? They've just got to go steady, really. We discussed this in the Premier League uh, relegation preview we did, didn't we, about we think Newcastle are going to be OK. 
But obviously, you talked about a, a, a bit of a bounce that Ever, that Newcastle have got a bit of feel good factor. Well, maybe Everton have now as well because they've, they've got rid of Rafa. Everton fans didn't want Rafa. They've got Frank Lampard. He seemed to be out of the mini list of people that could take over. He seemed to be the most popular. And I think Everton might get a little bounce from that as well. So I've got a feeling Newcastle's little run of draws might just continue. Neil, how do you rate Frank Lampard as a manager? He's obviously had a little bit of time in, in the job, in a couple of jobs before there. Chelsea um, didn't work out for him. But do you see him as being a potential success at Everton? Uh, I'll be honest, I like him. Uh, he was a top player, wasn't he? And uh, he had he did a reasonable job at Derby. I dealt with him a few times in a few post-match interviews. I remember interviewing him once. He'd just been beaten 4-0 at Villa Park. And, and it's always difficult with the opposing manager who's who's lost heavily. And he was great. He was absolutely great. He was honest, told it exactly how it was. And it was quite refreshing to hear that. Um, so I, I think he will bring that freshness and the honesty maybe to Everton. I think the fans will certainly like that. This is a big game for Everton because if they do get beat, the one point ahead of Newcastle we've sort of been talking about Newcastle oh they're in a relegation battle well Everton are if they get beat in this game massively involved in a relegation battle but as far as Frank Lampard goes a likeable character and uh, the, the Everton fans will like him a lot more than the previous manager Rafa Dave Everton have made a few signings as well as bringing in Lampard but they've without a win in five Premier League games just the one all draw away at Chelsea four games ago. Um, new manager bounce, we talk a lot about that. Will, will they have that? Will they have that feel-good factor? Will they go into this one with sort of fresh eyes and think this is the new dawn? Yeah, I think so. There are some nice sort of pro-Everton stats about this game. I'll give you fling, a few. Fling them at me, Dave. Yeah, so Everton have scored in their last 10 away league games at Newcastle. So maybe pencil them in for a goal. Dominic Calvert-Lewin has scored in his last three away Premier League games at Newcastle. So he could be the man to, to get that goal. Here's a good one as well about Frank Lampard being a new manager. It's not actually about uh, Frank Lampard, but it's um, it's about new managers for Everton. And none of their last 12 permanent managers have lost their first league game in charge. However often they've revolved, they've always managed to, the new, the new guys always avoided that, that defeat on the first day. And also, also Tuesday, this game's on a Tuesday, statistically this is Everton's best day of the week in terms of percentage wins I can never get that stat this team's never been beaten on a Friday evening or something like that I, I take that one with a pinch of salt Dave I have to say over 2.5 goals in this match is 1.9 under 2.5 is 1.86 both teams to score in this fixture is available yes at 1.71 Neil you're saying goals in this one do you fancy those kind of bets yeah only because of the defensive record Newcastle have had one clean sheet at home this season Everton have had one clean sheet away this season so both have not particularly been strong in that department Everton have got FA Cup action before this game Newcastle down you know maybe the freshness again will be there the chomping at the bit Newcastle to get going and with the home support as we know they'll create a good atmosphere I think both teams will score I've got a sneaky feeling that Chris Wood will get his first goal in a Newcastle shirt he hasn't got one yet so uh, maybe it's time he got his first goal Your best bet Dave Yeah just on Chris Wood his first ever uh, Premier League goal was against Everton which bodes well. He scored three times against them, which is good. From what we know about Frank Lampard, his teams will be set up to score goals, but maybe leak goals at the back as well. So I'm thinking score and draw. And often when I say that, I might be thinking 1-1. I think this could be quite entertaining, maybe even 2 all, something like that. One apiece in this one, if you're going to go for the uh, both teams to score draw, is available at sixes. Two apiece in this one is available at a mighty price of 13. That's the first game of the week then. Newcastle taking on Everton on Tuesday evening.
Let's look ahead, gentlemen, to the other two games on Tuesday night. We'll run through these two fairly quickly. West Ham taking on uh, Watford, um, 7.45 kickoff. And then at 8 o'clock, it's Burnley against Manchester United. Watford and Burnley both struggling. Um, we're recording this before they play on Saturday, so one of them might have got a little bit of uh, feel-good facts. But when Dave and I talked about this the other day, we fancied the draw anyway, so their positions might not change hugely. That is the case. West Ham are 1.4 to win, 5 the tie, 7 for Watford to get victory, 5.75 for Burnley, 4.2 the draw, and 1.57 for Manchester United. Neil, is this as simple as a West Ham-Manchester United double, do you think? I think before Watford changed the manager, I think it was for West Ham. Uh, Roy Hodgson um, was a, you could say, a clever appointment, a sensible appointment, somebody who will certainly sort out the problems that Watford have had defensively, you would think. Um, conceded far too many goals. He's had a little bit of time over this break since the last game. So you would think there has been some kind of an influence on the players. I think with West Ham, I think we're talking about some teams who've had a lift over the transfer window. I think West Ham didn't have the lift that maybe they wanted. I think maybe they went in for a few players, didn't get them over the line. And it's one of those, they've got to get going again. They've got to get going again. They've got a tricky FA Cup tie, which obviously we think they'd come through against a non-league team, but it's in the way before this one. Uh, I think West Ham will just have enough, but I don't think it's going to be anywhere near the scoreline we saw uh, just before New Year, 4-1 away for West Ham. I think this one will be a lot closer, but West Ham will just edge it. West Ham and Manchester United as a double DT is 2.2. Would that wet your whistle? Would you fancy that? I think the Man United leg of it will be okay. I've seen enough of them to think they're kind of steady in the ship and the Ranić can slowly get in going. Burnley aren't getting going at all. They've got a terrible record against Man United, really. They've only ever scored one. They've got a famous win at Old Trafford, but at Turf Moor, it's pretty dreadful. They've only ever scored one Premier League goal against Man United at Turf Moor. I think United will, will do enough here. I would be wary, though, about... Then losing that bet by backing West Ham against Watford. Two things. West Ham can trip up in these sort of games. I don't fully trust them enough. And I do respect Roy Hodgson. I think as Liverpool fans, we didn't rate him because we didn't think he was he kind of bought into Liverpool's high standing. But at, at clubs like Watford, kind of these lower, however you call them, lower Premier, lower half Premier League teams lower to bottom half he's that's his kind of modus operandi and that's what he does he, he manages these sort of teams really well wouldn't surprise me at all if he goes to West Ham and nicks a point so that would put me off getting involved in a double I play Man United in their own, on their own in different ways but I wouldn't throw them in a double because I, I think West Ham could just be in danger of slipping up here we've spoken about Frank Lampard already Neil but obviously Roy's gone in at Watford as well have they had a chance to actually, you know, have they had enough time to actually make any difference yet? Well, we've seen videos, haven't we, of him coaching um, on the training pitch for these players. I think the biggest problem for Watford has been the amount of change going on there. So all of a sudden the, the players um, have got a take to the new manager um, and how many of them, you know, you know, will will thrive under Roy Hodgson's methods. You know, let's, let's be honest, they're not entertaining, but they're effective. And, and, and I wonder how many of them Watford players go, can't wait to play for you. You know, he needs some real strong characters in that dressing room to say, yeah, fancy that. And whether he gets that tune out of them, I don't know. But from what we've seen so far this season, they're in big trouble, aren't they? So I think West Ham should have enough and it would be a huge blow to their top four hopes if they were to drop points against Watford. I look at under 2.5 goals in both of these games, Burnley United and that West Ham-Watford. I don't think we'll see many in those ones. If you go unders on the West Ham game, that's available at 1.57. Unders on the Burnley-Manchester United game is 1.96. That's a 3.08 double there 
for under 2.5. I quite like that, actually. Dave, I guess, I mean, Watford have got this reputation, haven't they, of basically churning through managers almost every week. They don't seem to give anybody much time. But if you're Roy Hodgson and you're kind of coming towards the end of your managerial life, you don't really need, it doesn't really matter, does it? You just go in there and do your best and see what happens. As Neil says, he's got his tried and trusted methods uh, that they do work and they do produce low-scoring games. I think of Palace, some of their games last season or when the last few seasons when he was manager, especially at Sellers Park, hardly a goal you could find. So, uh, yeah, I actually prefer that that double of under 2.5 than I do the double of Man United-West Ham because I can see Man United doing an efficient job, maybe winning that 1-0 or 2-0. And I can see West Ham Watford, anything along the lines of maybe West Ham 1-0, 1-1, something like that. So with you, DT, what's your best bet? I'll, I'll steal Neil's best bet then and I've, I've the under 2.5 double. If you, if you were playing a scorer, Jared Bowen's got exactly the same number of home goals as Mikhail Antonio and the same number of assists. So he'll be a bigger price. So he'll be my preferred Score option, I think, for West Ham. The 3.08, under 2.5, double the best bet across all of us. We'll be back in just a second, looking ahead to Wednesday evening's Premier League matches. You're listening to Clubhouse Radio with sportsbet.io. Know your limits. Please gamble responsibly. Wednesday night, Manchester City taking on Brentford. 1.11, very, very short for Man City. 9.5 the tie. 21 for Brentford. That is a colossal price in a two-horse race, Neil Miller, but uh, Man City are quite good, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, there's a reason why it's uh, such high odds for Brentford. Um, gave them a game, you, you know, just before New Year, 29th of December. It was 1-0 to City, but Brentford gave them a game. They were competitive. Whether they can do the same again, I'm not sure. I think they had a huge positive story over the last couple of weeks, uh, signing Christian Eriksen. Of course, we all know what happened with him in the Euros. Brilliant to see him signing for them. And and we, and we I think we'll see him at some point. Whether he starts, I don't know. But then a couple of negative stories, wasn't there? The manager getting COVID, whether he's in the dugout for that one, I don't know. I don't think so. And then, of course, the big one which dominated for a while was the Ivan Tony, the top goal scorer, the, the main threat. Um, a really, really negative story, which no football club wants to be associated with them. So it wasn't ideal, that little break for, for Brentford. City was quiet, which I think is good news, which suggests they will be desperate to respond to the one or draw against Southampton. Not many predicted that one. Um, I must admit, I quite enjoyed it from a Liverpool point of view. But I can't I can't see um, Brentford taking anything off City for this one. Dave Tindall, Manchester City's last six games at home. They have won all six of them. They've put plenty of goals away as well. The uh, meagre victory against uh, Chelsea 1-0 and 1-0 against Wolverhampton Wonders dwarfed by 7-0 against my team, Leeds United and 6-3 against Leicester City. Plenty of goals in that Man City side. Do you expect to see this one being a bit of a goal fest and one-way traffic? Yeah, since Palace won there, as you said, they won all six. The aggregate's 20 goals to four. So they've been battering teams really, haven't they? Here's a start. You won't like this, James, but on, on Wednesdays, Man City have won their last 17 games on a Wednesday in the Premier League. Hump day, that's when Man City uh, um, get excited. Yeah, not that you need any sort of stats like that to help guide you towards Man City because you, you with, with things like this, you're looking for reasons why they won't win. Why wouldn't you back them at short odds or why wouldn't you back them to win by quite a few on the handicaps? And I'm not coming up with much, to be honest. I think... Pep would have been stewing over that break and they want to get things right. I think a few of them have just been able to rest little niggles and stuff like that. Brentford, yeah, they've got the good story about Ericsson, but he won't be playing yet, will he? So I can see, although Brentford did really well against City, maybe that was a more hectic time for City when the games were coming thick and fast after this little break. 
Brentford last played away at Man City. This this was in 1989 at Main Road, and, and it was 4-1 to Man City. I could see similar, very similar scoreline. It's just whether you give Brentford a goal. If you do give Brentford a goal, suddenly the, the price on Man City to win and both teams to score is vastly inflated from just the Man City win price. So that, that would be... A, that would be one way of trying to squeeze a bit more value out. It's a temptation, is it, to think, well, this is going to be over 4.5, 5.5. It's going to be a you know, goal fest. Um, 6-3 against Leicester City, 7-0 against Leeds United. Tick, tick. That was working for that one. But 1-0 against Wolves and 1-0 against Chelsea painted quite a different picture. The compilers have um, over 3.5 at 1.9. So that's still short of W money on over 3.5. Where would you draw the line in the sand when you're looking at goals for this? I would say Brentford are more like Leeds than Chelsea. Um, I would say that City are more likely to be scoring four or five than just a one That's goal. high praise for Brentford now. <laughs> yeah, you, you, caught me, uh, you caught me out there. Um, I, th- I think with, with Brentford, City have had three clean sheets in the last four at home. I think um, I don't think Brentford will have much in the way of chances. They might have one shot on target, two maybe, and they will have to be take one of those to get a goal, which I don't think they will. I think you're looking at City's goal scorers and thinking Mares had a disappointing time with the African Nations. He's the top goal scorer this season. In all competitions, he's got 13. Um, Sterling and Bernardo Silva with seven in the Premier League, the top goal scorers. No nine but they still score plenty of goals don't they Mahrez, Sterling Silva De Bruyne Foden Jesus take your pick pick one of them and and, uh, and one more score if I'm going to pick one I might pick Foden because he scored against them last time and I just think sometimes as a player there's a certain club you like to score against maybe this one is Foden's Brentford Brentford coming on 23 points from 23 games Neil uh, myself and Dave did a little relegation podcast the other day do you see Brentford as safe or can, could they slip down they were our Maybe outside value bets. No, maybe in trouble. The They're in trouble. Break. Definitely in yeah. big trouble. <clears throat> I think when you're looking at the, the sides who have strengthened, you're looking at Newcastle, you're thinking, well, okay, well, they're going to be picking up some points before the end of the season. I think Burnley will grind out a few results. I, I just think Brentford, with the run they're on at the moment, and I, I think back to maybe, was it Hull many years ago when, when they had a great start to the season and then they just lost almost every game and just survived on the last day when Phil Brown was singing. I think Brentford could be a little bit similar. I think they're going to have a terrible run of form. They've lost four in a row at the moment I don't see them winning many games before now and the end of the season maybe the odd point here and there but yeah Brentford as we speak now for me are in uh, are, are in are in the relegation battle but have a lot more to play with than the other sides Dave best bet on Man City against Brentford yeah I, I think Brentford uh, they're not they're, you know they're not one of these teams who are going to come there and and shut up shop and, and try try and grind out something I mean the, the last 18 games in, in the Premier League they're conceding at two a game, and that's against a, a variety of opposition, isn't it? So they're conceding two a game against anybody. You know, goodness me, what might City do to them? I think, Neil, I, I was thinking of Blackpool as a team that started fast and then got relegated. Mm-hmm. They got to 20-odd points really quite quick. And he thought, oh, they'll be okay. And they just dropped like a stone in the second half of the season. Because they got relegated. My example was when they stayed up. So, yeah, yours is a better <laughs> example. But, yeah, in, in terms of the best bets... I think, James, you mentioned over three and a half goals. I just back over three and a half Man City goals. Okay. Which I guess might get you over the, might get you a, a decent-ish price. So I think Brentford is just going to struggle big time to keep Man City out. Over 3.5 Man City goals is available at 2.4. Any advance on that, Neil Miller? I'd written down Foden to score and Man City to win over 2.5 goals. Um, no goal for Brentford, so three or more for say.
two more games coming up on Wednesday evening. Um, let's start off with the match between Norwich City and Crystal Palace. Norwich, 3.4 to win, 3.4 the tie, 2.16 for Crystal Palace. Over 2.5 goals in this one is on the uh, system at 2.05. Norwich is showing a little bit of sign of fight under Dean Smith, Dave Tyndall. Have they got enough to beat Crystal Palace? They're the outsiders at the start of this. Yeah, I've seen a stat. They won their last two Premier League games. They've actually scored 38% of their goals this season in those two wins. So it shows how bad they've been for the rest of the time. It's whether this is a little positive, little boost, little spike in the, in the graph, and whether they revert to the mean a little bit after this. I do I do think Dean Smith is a good manager, and he's, he's maybe squeezing points out of Norwich that others might not have been able to get. Um, and Palace, they're a funny side, aren't they? Because they, they won at Manchester City, but that's their only away win, and they've been quite poor on the road. So they're a little bit hard to, to fathom. Norwich haven't got a very good record against them. They've only won two of their last 20. Palace have only lost two of their last 20 against Norwich. So, yeah, it's a long time since Norwich could win three Premier Leagues in, in a row, just league games in a row. I, I do think maybe that, that mini run, if you can call two games a run, might just come to a halt here. Be leaning towards a Palace win, I think. Neil, just the um, the fact that we've had this little bit of a break actually count against Norwich. They'd have quite like to have carried on playing games and winning games, wouldn't they? I think we have to remind ourselves of the two wins they had against really struggling sides. Both lost the manager straight after the games. Watford, of course, with Ranieri and Everton with Rafa Benita. So it was a good time to play those sides. But, it, but of course, it was six valuable points for Norwich. Everyone was talking about them dead and buried before those games. It's given them a lot more hope. <clears throat> I'm looking at this one and thinking... Palace are a much better side than Norwich. Uh, I think having Zahar back is a massive boost. He was one of the players they have missed in recent games because he was over with the African Cup of Nations. So I think him being back, yeah. Uh, I saw enough in Palace's performance against Liverpool to think, yeah, mid-table, they are going to be nowhere near that relegation battle. So despite the break not coming at a good time for Norwich, I think Palace will respond better from that break than Norwich. Dave, when we talked about the relegation battle, we had Norwich slipping back into the bottom three. Uh, we had Norwich, Watford and Burnley to go down with Newcastle escaping. It's difficult to kind of argue against that, I think. And I think it's tough to see them doing too much against Palace. I'd agree with Neil. Yeah, it's, it's good to sort of qualify those Norwich wins, isn't it? They weren't against high flyers. They were against two teams who were in an absolute slump, so much so that their managers went. So Palace... Palace were unlucky to lose against Liverpool. They To go 2-0 down and then to show every sign that they might get something, only that ridiculous Jota penalty, which I think I was on air. I didn't think that was a penalty at all. You know, it, it was late on, so it wasn't like it was in the 70th minute. I think it was in the 88th minute. Um, but still, I, as a Liverpool fan watching that game, I just wanted that whistle blown because I thought Palace were great. So as Neil says, Palace are clearly a better team than Norris. They've got lots of players who can score goals, it seems, nowadays. It's not like you, you're hoping Benteke might nick one or Zaha will you know, dribble past three men. You've got you know, Edouard, you've got, you've got other players who can easily, who can score goals. I think Palace can, can definitely go there and, and get the win. Is 2.16 big enough for you? What's your best bet? Yeah, Palace to win, quite simply. Don't overcomplicate it. Decent enough price, that, I think, on a team that we all fancy. What about you, Neil? Yeah, exactly the same. Maybe if you're looking at a goal scorer, Zaha, coming back into the side. Um, I was impressed with Mateta up top for, for Palace, You know, who's been starting ahead of Benteke. Um, I thought he was a handful. Uh, Edouard as well with good movement. But, but yeah, I'd be looking at Zaha to come back into the side and get himself a goal. But Palace to win this one for sure. Yeah. 
Spurs taking on Southampton. Spurs 1.64, the tie 4, Southampton 5 to win this. Southampton are a very strange side to call as well. They can be fantastic, but Hassan Huckle can be a, a disappointing. And Spurs, I guess, as well. But Conte seems to have got them going, Neil. They're, they're not necessarily tearing the Premier League up, but they're very hard to beat, aren't they? I think Spurs' appointment with Conte has now brought them into the top four conversation. And before that, they were never going to be in that conversation. So uh, that's the the impact he's had. He's only had one defeat, and that was the last game, of course, away at Chelsea in the Premier League, uh, which they weren't great in. But that's their only defeat. They haven't been beaten at home under Conte. Um, So so I'm looking at this one. Again, another side who maybe wanted a little bit more business, maybe different business uh, with the players that they eventually brought in. A couple of players from Juventus, didn't they? One on a loan and one on a permanent deal. So it'd be interesting to see how they do. We all saw Harry Kane's pictures and thought, I'd love to be where you are on that beach. Never revealed where that location was, but I'm sure he will be refreshed and raring to go and get amongst the goals. And a side like Southampton, I'm sure there'll be chances for him to add, add to that. Dave, the Southampton side are a very strange team. As I say, they're so inconsistent. 3-0 defeat at Arsenal, followed by a 2 all draw away at Crystal Palace, followed by a 3-2 victory away at uh, West Ham. We were playing good football at that stage. And then a 3-1 defeat against Wolves. You never quite know what Southampton are going to turn up, do you? No, they can certainly be coupon busters, can't they, Southampton? Got the draw against Manchester City, of course, which is a, a blow to Pep. And yeah, I, I think Spurs fans are pretty disappointed with their transfer window. I, they let three players go out on loan who, who they bought for, I think, £123 million combined. So what's gone on there? I mean, that's, that's just strange business. And, I, you know, Liverpool obviously um, jumped in front of them, didn't they, to get Diaz, um, which was a blow to Conte. And you, you just get the impression he's muttering away, not too happy about the situation. I just think there is scope here for Southampton to go and nick a point. just think there is. But Spurs have got a good home record this season. They've won seven out of ten. And they've got a good record against Southampton. But Southampton, there's enough high in Southampton to, to, to just on their day, they can go and get something in a game like this. So I'd, I'd certainly be wary of backing Spurs. I'd put it that way. Or where would you go with your best bet on that? What are Spurs on the outright then? Spurs 1.64, Southampton 5, the tie 4. Yeah, you'd almost go the double chance, wouldn't you? Draw or Southampton, if you think if you want to oppose Spurs, you're going to get a two point something for that that outcome. Two point one two. Yeah, probably the yeah the draw is more the likelier of the two, but you'd hate to be proved you know you'd hate to be proved right and yet not win your bet. So it's a one way of doing it to to just basically say I don't think Tottenham are going to win. Yeah, Southampton's a funny team. That they've they've got some good results. They've dropped an awful lot of points from winning positions. They've dropped twenty points from winning positions. So they're a bit hard to fathom. And there's a stat as well that they, they they've let. Where did I read? They've let more um, goals in than anyone else in 2021. They can look terrible in defence, but then other times they can they can you know hold Manchester City to a nil nil draw and then a one one draw. So it's a strange team. Neil Miller, where's your best bet? Uh, yeah, fancy Spurs, top four, two points off. He could well be sat top, uh, in fourth place come the uh, the start of next weekend after all these midweek games. So, um, yeah, I, I think they were unhappy with the, with what happened with Diaz, with with Liverpool nicking in there, but they still got Harry Kane. They've still got enough quality there. And Southampton are so inconsistent. I'm fancying Spurs to win this one narrowly. I don't think it'll be a big margin. I think it'll be by, by the odd goal, but Spurs just to uh, have enough. 1.64 then for Spurs to win that game against Southampton on Wednesday evening.
Let's move on to the final match in the midweek on Wednesday. Aston Villa taking on the mighty Leeds United. 1.92, that's actually their official title these days. 1.92 for Aston Villa, 3.8 the tie, 3.75 for Leeds United to win that one. Yes, Stephen Gerrard's gone into Aston Villa, Neil Mellor, but Leeds United, 3.75. It's a, a given, isn't it? Good window for Leeds, wasn't it? You kept all your best player, Rafina. Like he was almost like two two new signings, wasn't it? Phillips and Rafinha staying. <laughs> yeah, but I think Villa did some good business in the window. Um, I think we've seen that in the, in the last couple of performances. That you know the comeback against United and with Coutinho's influence, beating Everton as well. As well. Uh, Buendia scoring, saying "Don't forget about me." Of course, he, he was there before Stephen Gerrard. But I, I liked the business that that they've done. Stephen Gerrard seems to be getting a little bit out of them. At one point when he arrived, people were talking Villa could be dragged into the relegation battle. Nowhere near that now. Well clear. Whereas Leeds, Leeds were another side who people thought could be in the relegation battle. And and you would know because of the injuries that Leeds have had. A lot of injuries, too many injuries. And again, the question will be what who will be playing for Leeds? We, we don't know. But they're talking Bamford might not be fit for the game, which again is a huge blow for them. They can't keep relying on Rafina. But with Rafina, they do have that match winner who can who can win games against teams middle of the table like Aston Villa. But I'm looking at this one and I've got to say I'm swaying with my old friend Stephen Gerrard for this one. How about you, Dave Tindall? Do you give, give my team any hope? Leeds United give him any chance? Well, they've won their last two away games at Villa, which is good. So it's a, it's a shame. Ba- Patrick Bamford, last two trips to Villa Park, he scored five goals. Got a hat-trick there in the league with Leeds and then he scored a couple... In a Borough shirt when he went to Villa Park, so he'll be gutted if he misses that trick. Every time um, Patrick Bamford is rumoured to be coming back, there's another kind of injury setback. He's hardly featured at all this season, really, has he? It's like the old Daniel Sturridge joke, isn't it, that he's made of crisps because he just keeps breaking down. You know, when's he ever going to get fit? Then he injure himself celebrating a goal as well. So it's just he's in that horrible little run where you just. It's one niggle after the next and you think you're about to get right and something else goes wrong. So it is a, it is a concern. But as you said, Rafinha, who this this will be his 50th Premier League appearance if he does start for Leeds. And in that time, he's been involved in 25 goals, 14 goals, 11 assists. So yeah, one in every two games, Rafinha will get a goal or an assist. So fantastic player. Leeds have done well to to keep hold of him. But Steven Gerrard, I think he's done a little bit better than I thought. I did just wonder because you've got to make that that step. And and maybe you look now in back in Scotland where Celtic have gone top, having been what, 25 points behind mm-hmm. Rangers last season. You maybe thought actually Gerrard did a, a better job than you might have thought at, at Rangers there. So yeah, I think it'll be close this one, but I'm just sorry, James. I'm just about leaning with Villa, maybe two-one. I've got two very good people to ask this. How long is it going to be before Stephen Gerrard's in charge of Liverpool? Are you asking that one to either of you? He's got the inside steer on it. <laughs> I think Stephen will be welcome at Liverpool whenever he wants, and if that is to be a manager one day, then um, let's see how he does at Aston Villa. I think that's something he's, he's never been. Shy to say, he wants to prove himself as a manager, which I think he did at Rangers and he's wanting to do at Aston Villa to earn the right to get the job at Liverpool. He doesn't want to be given it on default. So, um, yeah, I think in his mind, he wants to succeed and be a winner at Aston Villa. And he's had a good little reaction there. So um, I'm looking at this game and thinking both teams will score. I like watching Leeds, even with all their injuries, because I know they'll have a go. I know they'll create chances. And I, probably I was just going to ask you that, actually, because the Aston Villa's last four home games, both teams have scored. Three of the last five um, Leeds United away games, both teams have scored. It does strike me as being a match where We'll probably see over 3.5 and it's 
plenty of activity. Yeah, I'm going for both teams to score. And I wonder if there's a little Brazilian bet, Coutinho and Rafinha to get on the score sheet. How about you, DC? What's your best bet? I've said 2-1, but another way of saying that, if you're not exactly bang on the money, you could just go with Villa to win and both teams to score. I think that would inflate the Villa price quite nicely. Well, over 2.5 goals in the match is 1.69. Over 3.5 is 2.66. Both teams to score in this game, Villa against Leeds, is 1.62 for a yes. Well, it seems to me that I'm outvoted. Aston Villa 1.92, the pick of the panel for Wednesday night's final game. We'll be back in just a second with Thursday evening's action. Two games on Thursday evening. Liverpool taking on Leicester is the uh, 7 for, well, actually both the 7.45 kickoffs, and then Wolves taking on Arsenal. Let's start with Liverpool against Leicester, Neil. Um, I, I mean, I've got two Liverpool fans with me on the uh, podcast today. Liverpool 1.27, 6.33 the tie, 9 for Leicester. With all due respect to Liverpool, Leicester at 9 seems to be quite big, doesn't it? Mm, yeah, I would have said it probably should be bigger. Um, over <laughs> it's, um I was actually I, I went to the game. Um, just what was it? Just after Christmas, the, the game down at Leicester. Couldn't believe. I was in shock at the end of the game. Liverpool had lost it. Um, Luckman, of course, got the winner. Just come off the bench, former Everton player. Liverpool missed a penalty. Missed a brilliant chance with Mane. Michael made save of the season with a brilliant save to deny Salah. Um, everything went for Leicester that night, and, and and we'll need to again if they are to get anything from the game. I think a draw would be a superb result for Leicester I just don't see them going to Anfield and winning Liverpool there's a feel good factor about Liverpool this group of players are are a great generation era for Liverpool fans to watch might not win the league but will certainly do everything they can to try and put City under pressure and I'm looking at this game and thinking We'll see the new signing Diaz. Probably won't start the game. We, we might see Marnie. We might see Salah. I don't think we'll see both. I think we'll see one. Whoever loses the final, I think we'll see. The one who wins it, I don't think we will see. Um, so yeah, so for Leicester, despite not having one of those players, Diaz will be involved. Firmino, Jota, Liverpool will want revenge on that shocking, shock, I should say, defeat to Leicester a few a few weeks ago. Dave and I were on the radio for the uh, Liverpool last game. Quick yes or no, Neil. Was that Jota penalty, a penalty? Uh, any penalty is a subjective call. I don't think VAR should get involved with subjective calls. The referee said no penalty. There is nothing to suggest VAR should overturn that. So I think VAR is too involved. As an ex-centre forward, I'm saying this contact. I want a penalty. If you give it me, I'm surprised. But it's a subjective call. There'll be two or three people that would say pen and there would be majority saying no pen. For those few people who say pen, you can't overturn it for VAR. The thing that put me off was that Jota was going in a straight line, realised he wasn't going to get the ball, then veered off into the keeper. It didn't seem to be, it seemed a bit artificial. He was looking for the penalty for me. But then all you strikers do, don't you? Yeah, but but then people would say, well, where, where's the goalie? What's the goalie doing? He's come out, he's not touched the ball. And But then you would say, he's, he, but for me, that's the problem with VAR. VAR does not need to get involved. The referee said no pen. There is not something where everyone's going, how has he missed that? The fact he gave it, everyone was going, why is he getting VAR involved? And that's not good for the game. So hopefully we're not talking about a VAR, VAR call for this one. Dave, Liverpool, quite short, aren't they? Are you confident? Yeah, I mean, they've lost the last two Premier League games against Leicester, but Neil mentioned the, the last one, that was 1-0, and then the, the first one, that was ridiculous. They were 1-0 up and just completely capitulated, didn't they, in a 3-1 Defeat, but the key thing they were both at the King Power. The two sides have met, obviously, in the uh, Carabao Cup, where, where Leicester rather ran right in the first half against a, a weakened, a very weakened Liverpool team. Liverpool threw a few big guns on in the second half and, and retrieved it, got it back from three-one to three-three. So it shows 
you know, when Liverpool's better players are on the pitch, they can score goals against Leicester. The only unbeaten Premier League side at home this season, Liverpool won 10 of the 14. Neil says there's a feel-good factor. You've got Mane and Salah, even if they're just, you know, back on the bench or just around the place, it's a, it's a feel-good thing as well. A great new signing as well to, to get excited about. Jota's the second highest score in the Premier League this season. That doesn't uh, get reported on an awful lot. But I just think, you know, Robertson's assisting goals. He's got uh, lots of assists of late. It's often Trent who wins that battle, but Robertson, Robertson's just been catching up a little bit with four assists in his last three. There's so many routes to goal for Liverpool. So I think the best I could give Leicester is a goal. I think they might score a goal because they do, but they, they're terrible at keeping clean sheets. So I would go with Liverpool to win and both teams to score. I've got a good start for you on Leicester for you that maybe could influence people's thinking. They've scored and conceded in every away Premier League game this season. There you go. Yeah, that all fits in then. Yeah. And they, but they've lost their last two away matches. They drew the two before that, Neil. Um, and whereas Liverpool, their last five home games, they've won and won pretty easily, haven't they? To be honest, 4-0 against Arsenal, 4-0 against Southampton, 1-0 against Villa, 3-1 against Newcastle, 3-0 against Brentford. Is this a how many by kind of scenario that we're looking at? Yeah, I do. I, I honestly do. I think there's a real belief and confidence that this Liverpool team can, can not have the sort of problems maybe in previous years they did have against teams like Leicester. Um, so so I'm, I'm looking at this one and thinking two, three, maybe even four from Liverpool to, to win this game, even despite Marnie and Salah probably both not starting the game. I think Liverpool will have enough firepower there with the way Leicester like to play, they're not going to be close shot and Liverpool will have the opportunities to score those goals. Well, Liverpool over 2.5 goals, Neil, 1.8. Over 3.5 goals is 3. Over 4.5, if you get adventurous, is 5.33. There's some decent prices on there and you wouldn't put it past them, would you? Uh, I might stick with 2.5, just to go on the safe side, rather than trying to push it too much. OK, and what's your best bet, Dave? Yeah, Liverpool and both teams to score. And if you wanted a scoreline, I'd, I'd land on something like 3-1. Liverpool to score three, Leicester to score one, gets you the princely price of 9.8. If you fancy both teams to score on in it, it's uh, reasonably skinny. I suppose 1.7, but it looks quite likely, doesn't it? And um, with Liverpool hot favourites ahead of Thursday evening to take another three points at Anfield. The final match then of the midweek fixtures in the Premier League sees Wolverhampton Wanderers taking on Arsenal. Wolves are 3.4, 3.25 for the tie, 2.22 for Arsenal. Aubameyang less Arsenal there to win away from home. Dave Tindall, 2.22. Arsenal playing OK, but we we had a conversation on the uh, Clubhouse Radio recently about are Arsenal actually great or are they just kind of like meandering along? We, we weren't quite sure, were we? Well, it's, you know, Arsenal have been all things to all men, haven't they, this season? They've been an absolute shambles at the start and then they were the shiny new exciting thing who were going to power through the, the league and grab a top four finish and now we're back to, hmm, we're not quite sure. I mean, they failed to score in each of their last four games in all competitions, which isn't, uh, which is must be a concern. The, the good news for a game against Wolves, they've scored in their last 27 games against Wolves, so they always seem to manage a goal. If ever that sequence was going to be broken, it might be against this Wolves because this Wolves are very tight at the back, aren't they? Bruno Lager has been very good in terms of keeping clean sheets. They went to Old Trafford, got a 1-0. Kind of that Portuguese style, isn't it? You've got Carlos Queiroz, who's, who's taken Egypt to you know, the African nations on the back of a really, really solid defence. 
And these, the Portuguese managers do seem to be very good at nil-nilling and one-nilling. So, and that's what certainly what Wolves are doing this this season. So I think this is a tough game for Arsenal. Yeah, Arsenal have won their last two away from home. 5-0 against Norwich City. 4-1 against Leeds United. It was obviously an incredible result for Arsenal. Um, they had lost the three prior to that. Wolves, though, have won their last two at home. Um, in the FA Cup against Sheffield United, albeit, and uh, Southampton 3-1. Something's got to give there, though, Neil. Which way does this one go? I wonder if the manager of the month curse might happen for Wolves, who's just been um, awarded that, which was great to see for his his uh, um, efforts, his achievements, a, a very strong month. From him and Wolves, I've got to be honest, I've got a sneaky feeling for Arsenal. There's been so much negativity about Arsenal and uh, games getting called off, players missing, players being sold, players not coming in, a Bamiyang situation. I think Arsenal have got some good players there and I think because there's some young talent they're going to be inconsistent but I think they'll throw up a good result every now and then. This could be the one. Saka, Smith-Rowe, Martinelli. These players will cause that Wolves defence problems and also don't forget Wolves lost Traore. Traore for, for all his lack of goals and assists he, he was an important player because he did get them up the pitch um, and that relieved a little bit of pressure for them with the counter-attacking style so I've got a sneaky feeling Arsenal will win this one. I find this one quite difficult to call Dave. I think the tie is a definite play in this one because Arsenal they do flatter to deceive a little bit for me. And although they can be fantastic, they can also be quite poor as well. And as you say, Wolves are quite tight. Arsenal against a team that might allow them to play, but I, th- I just think Wolves could drag them, squeeze them, the life out of them a little bit in a, in a game like this. I mean, the, the Arsenal performance away at Nottingham Forest in the FA Cup was dreadful and Forest just kept, kept a tight rein on them. I don't think Arsenal had a shot until near the very end. So if Wolves can pick up where they left off before the break... I think it's a tricky game for them. I, I guess under 2.5 goals is almost a given, isn't it? I guess that's a very short price. Well, we sat through that arsenal Burnley game, which was goalless, didn't we? And that was dreadful. I mean, Arsenal had something like about 78% possession but did nothing with it. Yeah, um, that's the problem. If, if they get squeezed, I, th- I think sometimes they with this set of players, they're, they're finding it hard to come up with answers. You know, They're, they're not going to get any favour, easy ride from Wolves. Wolves are just a a tough, as I say, this Portuguese style where they make it difficult. It's a bit dour. It's a bit attritional. I suppose the safest bet is the under goals bet. It's whether you then go even go under 1.5, then you've got scope there for either side nicking a 1-0. Under 2.5 is available at 1.63. Under 1.5 is 2.9. Have, um, Neil, with the... Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang finally leaving Arsenal. Has he actually been announced in Spain yet? I'm not sure if he has yet, but he's definitely left Arsenal. Um, have they lanced a boil there? He did seem to, oh, despite the fact that he was a, a terrific player and scored plenty of goals for them, there did seem to be an undercurrent of uh, a slightly problematic character as well. Yeah, yeah, a few stories, wasn't there? About perhaps not having as good an influence as you'd, you would want from a senior player. And when you look at Arsenal with so many young players who are impressionable, maybe it was the right decision for Arsenal to get him out of the football club. And maybe that could be a new lease of life for some of these youngsters. Lacazette's well, still there, of course. Piers Morgan's stirring it up, saying it's an absolute disgrace and Arteta should be sacked for it. Well, well Aubameyang's a decent centre-forward, but he wasn't playing anyway. You know, you look at some of the games when Arsenal have had good results, Aubameyang's not really been involved. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I mean, when you look at it and, you, and you're looking at Arsenal, you're thinking they've got some good players there. I don't think they're good enough for the top four, but but I think they will be knocking on the door for, for top six this season. Odegaard, you know, Smith Rowe, Saka, mentioned Martinelli, Lacazette, the experience of Partey back in the side. You know, he got sent off against Liverpool, just come back from the African Cup Nations. I agree with Dave under 2.5 goals, but I think that little bit of quality might be provided from Arsenal in the final third rather than Wolves. 
Okay, so Arsenal just for you. Arsenal could go up to fourth, couldn't they, if the uh, other results in midweek go in their favour. Wolves are not too far behind either. Only two points behind Arsenal. If they do win this one, they would actually leapfrog the Gunners. Big game for both of these sides with Wolves pushing. So, Neil, 3.4 for Wolves, not enough for you. 2.22 for Arsenal, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I will... Be looking at this one thinking I've called Arsenal to win I'm only going to look silly if Wolves win this one so Arsenal to get the win under 2.5 so it's not going to be the first one on match of the day <laughs> and uh, DT your best bet yeah as, as, as dull as it sounds under 2.5 goals I think would be the main bet if I was having a little bit of an extra bet I'll probably just play the tie. The tie, 3.25 in that game. The final game of the midweek fixtures, Wolves taking on Arsenal. And a little bit of a mixture of opinion, but it's kind of, I think we're all going for a slightly drab affair. Under 2.5 at 1.63, the best bet in that one. You're listening to Clubhouse Radio with sportsbet.io. Know your limits. Please gamble responsibly. Gentlemen, as always, it's a pleasure to see you both on my screen. Neil Meller, thank you very much. Dave Tindall, thank you. Thank you, James. Sorry we couldn't call a Leeds win. (laughs) Yeah, cheers, James. To be honest, Neil, it's not what you say, it's what happens on the pitch that matters. (laughs) So I'm just... uh, hoping it goes in the, in the right direction for that. Thanks for listening out there, everybody. Make sure you gamble responsibly and so we'll see you again very soon indeed. Clubhouse Premier League betting previews with sportsbet.io. Previewing every game of the English Premier League. Listen to Clubhouse Radio with sportsbet.io for all the best bets as the games are being played. Please gamble responsibly.